I trust you're all well and being good little humanitarians by wearing your masks and social distancing. <laughs> yeah, I know, funny, right? Who am I getting? Based on numbers, very few of you are being kind to each other. Shame, but not surprising based on human arrogance. But thank you if you're following the protocols. I appreciate it. And so what's up? What are we doing? We got, well, first of all, you guys really went to town this month with questions and they were all fantastic. And we will get to those later in the show. But I also have a little tiny little announcement right here. I want to say right here off the top that if you are ever listening to my shows on Pornhub or X Hamster or wherever, dubbed over really shitty porn, okay, and I'm not just saying over shitty porn, just over porn in general, know that I did not give my permission for that, and the show has been pirated. This show is copyrighted. If you don't hear it on your podcast platform or on InBedWithDrSue.com, then it has been used without my permission. And I would really appreciate it if you would shoot me an email if you notice this in your porn travels. So, what are we doing today? Well, today... I'm here to have a chit-chat with the wives and girlfriends of men with kinks and fetishes. So right off the bat, I'm going to shift into talking to you ladies. And although kink and fetish can obviously happen in alternative relationships and lifestyles, for the sake of clarity, I'll remain with hetero roles. But what I'm going to discuss works for everyone, obviously. I'm also going to give a warning to anyone who can't handle me being blunt, graphic, or vulgar. I swear, it's who I am. I'll do my best. So if you're listening to me for the first time, you might want to strap in a little. First of all, I'd like to say thank you, ladies, for taking the time out of your busy lives to tune in to this show. I know you're all out there hustling and balancing life, and the fact that you're listening means you want to learn more about your partner, and that needs to be commended, so thank you. I'm going to assume a few things. Yes, I know, that tends to bite one in the ass. However, I'm going to assume that you're either here because your husband or boyfriend asked you to listen, or he dumped something on you that you don't understand and have been left out floundering or that you just want to learn more about what makes your partner tick sexually. And I can assure you that I can help you out regardless of where you're sitting on that spectrum. I'm also going to assume you boys are listening in, because maybe you want to see if you can actually tell your wife about this show. Fair enough, you want to listen to it first. Or... You want to see where you might have gone wrong when you talked to her prior to hearing this. So I'll be pointing some things out to you boys as well as I go along. But I know you're all going to pick something, a little bit of it up, no matter who's listening in. But this show is primarily between me and my bitches. So ladies, grab some wine or a martini or roll a spliff or both. And let's get chill for a while. 
I marketed this show to men because they are the main base of my listeners, sure. And when I did, I said to them that this show was the one you want your wife to listen to because most of you boys don't have a clue how to approach your wife with this information. And when it happens, one of two things usually goes down. You spew all your fetishes and kinks out on a platter and dump it on your very unknowing wife, or you hide them all and say nothing out of fear, or hide them and play with other people behind your wife's back. And none of that works out well, as you've probably noticed. For those of you ladies out there who had your husband, say, after 20 years of marriage, come to you and tell you he really would rather be wearing your panties, for example, I apologize on his behalf, because that wasn't the way to go about telling you about his feelings. And if you were subjected to that type of revelation, you were probably left sitting there thinking, okay... Who the hell did I marry? Who is this guy? What happened to the guy I thought I married? This joke, right? <laughs> Where's the cameras? I get it. Well, the guy you married lied to you. And yes, lying by omission is still lying. But this is one of those few times when lying to you wasn't his fault. And you will very rarely ever hear me say that. Now, before you boys out there pitch a fit because of what I just said, give me a minute. As a society, we are all still Puritan. You may think not, but it's a sociological fact. We have not progressed in decades, which is why you're seeing such radical change happening around you right now. We essentially still raise our kids the exact same way they did decades ago. So when it comes to child rearing, we raise all of our boys to be strapping alpha males. We teach them not to cry, mm -mm, not to show emotion. We teach them that they must strive to be ultra successful in everything they do. They must provide for their families at all cost. They must always be strong and competent and powerful and always take their women sexually like beasts. <laughs> and when we have a little girl, we raise them to be good little girls who are polite and servile and never say anything bad. And for the most part, sexually, they're as submissive as they're taught to be socially. The problem with raising your kids under these archaic standards is most men are actually more submissive than they are alpha, which puts them at an enormous, or should say under, an enormous pressure. As women, we have an issue when we try to be dominant, okay? So if we're looking at this sociologically... So we have the issue when we try to be dominant because that's against our sociological upbringing. When we're dominant, we're labeled a bitch or difficult or nasty. Just ask Trump. You get it. Anyways, back to the boys. 
So let's put ourselves in a man's position for a minute. What if you were, in fact, more submissive than alpha? What if you had to spend your whole life playing a stupid male game in order to be accepted? What if you had to put on your badass motherfucker mask just to survive when this isn't how you really feel? It's not a great way to live a happy life. Yet so many men do this, more than you can possibly imagine. And this is where the lie begins. Now, add to that the pressure of not being able to say anything to anybody about it. He can't go to his friends or they'll think he's a pussy or a pansy or he's lost his fucking mind. He can't go to you, his spouse, because he fears rejection and ridicule. And worst of all, disappointing you. So before you freak on him for lying, remember, he had to play the game to get you in the first place. I even teach submissive men this who are single. You have to present yourself as an alpha male to most women because most women want an alpha male. We expect it due to our societal programming. We women are programmed with romance novels. Do you know romance is the biggest selling genre in any category in publishing, by the way? We watch romantic comedies, rom-coms. We expect these men to sweep us off our feet and be our knight in shining armor. But none of that is realistic, which is why you get disappointed in your relationships. Did you know I've actually seen two marriages dissolve because the husband wasn't behaving like the guy on the cover of the Harlequin romance novel? No, seriously, I swear to God, completely dissolved the marriage. Nothing was ever going to make that woman happy. The other chick, I just, there was no words. Like, you just like, yeah, okay, okay. You want the guy in the front of the book, I get it. Good luck with that. I get it, but good luck with that. So here's our average male, and he's stuck between a rock and a hard place, right? He has to play the game to get you in the first place, but he really doesn't want to play the game at all. Now, before I go further, I want to clarify something about domination and submission. No one human being is 100% dominant or submissive. Can't be done. If you were all or nothing, you wouldn't be able to function you would probably be a psychopath serial killer. I mean, you you would be just this, think about uh, the most roided out person you can imagine, and then times that by 100. You couldn't function. If your guy was 100% submissive, he would be in a ball on the floor, unable to make decisions because he's too busy crying. So it... (laughs) We all are a bit of both, you see. Otherwise, things wouldn't get done. Things would be a very strange world if you think about it. So when I say that your guy is submissive, let me clarify. What I mean is sexually submissive. I don't want you thinking that this is an all or nothing scenario, okay? Sex is never all or nothing. Sex is primarily a gray area. I mean, hell, life is not all or nothing, although we as humans seem to feel that it needs to be. We need labels and definitions when, in fact, that's 
What separates us most are these ridiculous labels. Everything is on a sliding scale. If you've heard me before, you'll know about my example of audio slides. If you look in an audio mixing board, you'll notice there are the little slides that depending on what you're adjusting, you move those slides up or down. Life, and especially sex, works all the same way. Some people identify as heterosexual. Some people identify as gay. Some people identify as bisexual. And there's way more than that. So, let's take sex as an example. If we look at our slides, we'll put hetero at the top and gay at the bottom as our two extreme spectrums. I'm not saying hetero is best, and that's why I put it at the top, just where I put it. And if in your mind you want gay to be at the top, you just go right ahead and flip them around. doesn't matter. But back to my mixing board. If we move our slides all the way up to hetero, you'll probably identify as hetero, right? If we move them all the way down to the bottom, you're probably going to identify as being gay. But think of how much there is in between those two extremes. That's why sex, gender, sexuality in general are all so fluid. It all is fluid. There are no hard and fast rules. Now, you know me. I have to throw another wrench in the mix. The slides don't have to stay where you put them. See, as an adult, you have the choice to move them around. It is my opinion that human beings are naturally bisexual or kind of in the middle of the road, or at least fluid which would put them in that, like I said, that vast area in the middle of our slides, although we usually identify a little higher or a little lower. But with the right set of circumstances, the right atmosphere, the right people, the right emotions at the same time, you can slide up or down that scale, my friend. Maybe not extremely, but you'll slide. And domination and submission works the same way. It's all on a sliding scale. So, getting back to our sexually submissive hubby. He has to be dominant throughout the day at work or he'd get nothing done. For many men, they have decisions to make and people to take care of, you know, payrolls to take care of. But that doesn't mean he wants to stay in that mode all the time. Imagine having to be in that state all the time day, every day. It would be tiring, wouldn't it? (laughs) So, if that isn't who you are, imagine how much more tiring that would be. For our sexually submissive guy, sometimes he just wants to come home and forget everything and just fall to his knees and not think. That's why you hear it say, oh, CEOs and C-suite puppets are some of the kinkiest folks around. The reason being, it's all based on control. They have all that control. They have to wield it all day long. And like I said before, they want that time when they aren't at work to just not think, to no longer have to be responsible for anything. 
And to be quite honest, if they are accepting of their submissive side and they do indulge it, they are intensely well-balanced individuals because they have the ability to let go of the stress during those submissive sessions. Now you see where professional dominatrices come in. Now, I know right now, ladies, you're thinking, well, fuck, I'd love to have the chance to do that too. When do I get my time to just let go and do nothing? I get it. Our minds never shut off. There's always something to do. Kids have to be carted somewhere, dishes, laundry, groceries, you know, let alone the bullshit with careers. But here's the difference. When we have sex, that's exactly what we get to do. Women are usually always in the submissive role sexually. We expect our men to make all of the in-bed decisions and just ravage us while we lay back and enjoy. Be honest. And no, I'm not talking about the fact that sometimes you're lying there and you can't shut your thoughts off because (laughs) I know I get that. It happens. My point is, We have that chance to let go that men do not. So knowing this, you can imagine what it would be like to be a guy who really doesn't enjoy always being in control, but having to do just that over and over and over. Which brings us to your shitty and lackluster sex life. For some of you, maybe you always wondered why sex with your partner was boring. I get it, sure, he gets the job done, but it's the same old, same old. Now, I agree, this can be for a variety of reasons, not just that your guy is not loving having to control your sex life. But for the sexually submissive male, the ravaging just isn't there because it's not who they are. These guys are your tender lovers with not a lot of great passion. And that's not bad. But for some women, they start to not bother with sex as they get older because there just is no real passion in their sex lives. They blame it on menopause for some of them. (laughs) And that is an excuse, by the way. Not for everybody, because it does fuck with your hormones, obviously, but... For a lot of women, it's an excuse because she just doesn't want to do it with you anymore because why bother? If someone is that dead, I always say to the man, what'd you do to kill her then? Because a woman is not going to just shut it down if she likes what she's getting. If she's having issues sexually, she'll go to a doctor to figure out what's going on. Somewhere along the line, You lost her in that. So pay attention, gentlemen. Because the thing is, it's, it's easy to put it on a shelf and just not bother the older you get. And if you're younger, maybe you're thinking that just because sex isn't that spectacular, you know, doesn't mean you don't enjoy it. So who cares? And you become complacent and your sex life with your husband becomes good enough because things could always be much worse. So you can see where some relationships can dissolve and fizzle based on the fact that you have a male who is forced to be a dog when he's actually a cat. Okay, now, 
Before you go running off thinking there's no hope, trust and believe that there's a lot of hope and fun to come down. So don't turn off the show. Don't panic because there is light at the end of the tunnel. I'm just showing you the position many men are in and why you may have noticed some things that seem a bit off in your relationship and why. Because come on, girls, you and I both know we have much more intuition than the boys do. And maybe at the back of your mind, you noticed stuff and just pushed it away thinking you were being crazy. Or in a lot of cases, you just didn't need one more thing to add to everything else on your plate. And yes, that's fair. But back to our subby hubby. So you have a sexually submissive guy, but along with being sexually submissive comes a whole heapin' helpin' of other yummy goodies called kinks and fetishes. And for some of you ladies, you know what they are because he's either told you or you've seen signs, as I just said. But just what is a kink and what is a fetish? I'll tell you as soon as I come back from this quick break. So now is the chance to refill your glass. I'll be right back. Are you a sex worker? Well, then you need some sex worker tips. Whether you're new and wanting to make this your primary source of income, or if you've been around for a while and just want to bump that sweet, sweet sex worker income that you already have, check out sexworkertips.com. Be sure to follow us at at sexworkertips on Twitter. And drop us a message if you have any tips that you would like to share or any questions that you want answered. We love to help. Did you miss what's been happening on the review? You really shouldn't have done that. You need to head over to thedrsuereview.com and get your read on with Second Thoughts, an article about a realization made by one couple about their sex play and... Maybe it was heading into racist territory. And whatever happened to female empowerment through cuckolding? My very frank look at how badly women are being treated by the cuckold community and porn. Plus, what goes through your wife's mind when you ask her to cuckold you? It might not be what you expected. And dozens more. So head over to thedrsuereview.com and edukink yourself. And don't forget to hit up my good friend Amelia Devine over on thesissywhisperer.com, where the latest episode just dropped. Chastity, the importance of locking it up. So sit back, relax, and let the Sissy Whisperer penetrate your soul, only on thesissywhisperer.com, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Okay, so we left off with what is a kink and what is a fetish. By definition, a fetish is a sexual attraction to an object. The problem is, over time, everyone just sort of started using fetish as a catch-all for everything. So basically anything sexual that isn't deemed socially normal falls under fetish these days. But the true definition is a sexual attraction to an object. And a kink is what I use as a catch-all for everything else. So that can be sociological issues, like things that have happened when the child was being raised, etc., 
Fetishes are also known as paraphilias, and in psychology, we are taught that paraphilias are mental disorders, something that I greatly disagree with. But then, according to the DSM, so is being gay. So that should tell you how archaic the psychiatric world is, unfortunately. However, psychologically, there is a distinct difference, and this is where I really want you ladies to pay attention because you need to understand that for many men, they have no control over how they feel or what they're attracted to. So, a fetish is created in the brain pre-adolescent, so in the four, five, six-year-old range, and it's rarely sexual in that moment. So I'll use the example I use all the time of a client I had because it illustrates it beautifully. Some of you may have heard it already, and if you have, I apologize for you having to hear it again. Okay, this gentleman had a stocking fetish, more precisely a pantyhose fetish. He loved pantyhose, but they had to be the kind with the reinforced toe. When we started to explore where this came from, he told me a story of when he was quite young, perhaps three or four. His aunt would visit his mother and they would hang in the kitchen table, like sit around the kitchen table and drink coffee and, you know, kiki and shoot the shit like many of us do. What he would do is when they were sitting at the table, he would take his toy trucks under the table and then run them over their feet. Now, they didn't have their shoes on, they just had their pantyhose with the reinforced toes under the table. Boom, there it is. You see how simple it is, and yet it's actually not. So before you go running around and becoming hyper aware of everything you do around your kids in some attempt to ensure that they never get a fetish, I'm going to tell you something that's going to bake your noodle a little bit and give you a little bit of relief too as a parent. I could put another child under that table, same age, same gender, same everything, playing with, a matter of fact, you could put a twin under there and playing with this other kid, with the trucks, running over the same feet, and that second child would not get a fetish. It's completely random. It has to happen at a point where a particular brain synapse is being formed. If that doesn't happen, you don't get the fetish. But look at how prevalent fetishes are. I mean, there's a fetish for basically every single object on the planet. I mean, Google Rule 40. It's like pregnancy, if you think about it. When you think of everything that must go right for a woman to get pregnant, you realize it's actually a miracle anyone does. You have only 72 hours in a month that you're fertile. The sperm has to travel upstream against gravity to get that egg. Most sperm are useless or die in the process, which is why you need so many in the first place. Plus a whole host of other issues against a woman getting pregnant in that moment, and yet we do it all the time. Another example I use is a boy playing on the playground. This is more of a sociological, not necessarily an object. We're talking about um, just, it, it kind of crosses into fetish, kind of doesn't. You'll see what I mean. Okay, so boy playing on the playground, girl comes over, pushes him down and sits on him. 
Okay. If that's done at the right moment, you can create a seed that'll turn into the love of dominant women later in life. Not necessarily every time, but it's there. And that's what I mean by not a fetish per se, but you can see how certain incidents can shape a young mind. Duh. Especially when combined with pop culture growing up and all the other influences. I mean, sometimes there's a dominant mother in the mix, in the mix as well, which will only serve to reinforce it. So for many people, they never figure out where their fetish came from because it's all so innocuous at the time. But why is this so important for you to understand? Well, it's because your man can't just shut it off. Just like many things, there are men who would love to not have a fetish at all because it can be a burden in our society for the reasons I already just discussed. So if you think that you can just tell him to knock it off, you can't, because it's just not that easy. That's right up there with telling someone to stop being gay, or telling a dog to, you know, be a cat. (laughs) There are some things in life we have no choice over. I'll tell you another story, true story. And it's another one that I'll show you. It helps illustrate what else can happen. I had a gentleman tell me about what happened to him as a child. And it would be classified as abuse, in my opinion, so don't freak out. I don't condone condone this in any way, shape, or form. Um, He had a friend that he would play with as a kid, and that that child's mother used to dress up this gentleman as a girl when he would go over to their house. And, you know, there were times when she would do it in front of his friend, and then there were times when his friend wasn't even there, and she would have him come over, and she would essentially feminize him. So, I mean, what do you think his issues are now? Well, he is, in my opinion, gay, but he's not necessarily because of that, but he has serious tendencies that way. Um, But he's married, okay? So he's playing the game. And he and his wife never have sex, nor does he want to anymore. He doesn't really seem to give a shit about her opinions on anything. And what's the real shame is this is a relatively young couple. So he spends his time watching gay porn, rarely speaking to his wife, and fantasizing about being a submissive bottom for some alpha stud. So in the end, he's miserable, and his wife is miserable, but he won't let go of the relationship, which would be the right thing to do for both of them, because he just doesn't have the courage to accept and be who he really is. And yes, it takes courage to do that. But instead, he plays the game I spoke of earlier. And in the case of this gentleman, he was obviously shaped into who he has become by these experiences and others. So, I mean, when you're that young, they say they are like sponges. They are like sponges and they are also like lumps of clay. So like spongy clay because they're being molded at the same time. So... You'd be surprised at how this will have an effect on a child. So, as I said, that was an extreme example. But you can see how it illustrates what I was talking about. And yes, that is abuse because he was too young to consent. So, but you you would not, (laughs) many stories, many a story I hear of psycho women, surprisingly enough, psycho moms, psycho neighbors doing things to kids and it's it's kind of disheartening in a way you know like 
<sighs> really? How are we supposed to be rising above when this shit's going on? <laughs> really? Really? Anyways, uh, back to our crackerjack-filled husband. So just what could some of these fetishes or paraphilias and kinks be? Well, the most popular would be feet. But there's also similar common ones like pantyhose, as I mentioned earlier, stockings, panties, um, more esoterically sexual attraction to trees or furniture, diapers, farts, urine. The list is endless. Now, a kink, on the other hand, is something that is acquired. For example, a guy is watching porn and notices something different and then goes down that rabbit hole and acquires that particular kink. An example of that would be cuckolding. Now, cuckolding, when done properly, is an actual alternative lifestyle. But for many men, they saw it first as porn and they have fetishized it, kinkified it. <laughs> despite the fact that it's a lifestyle. You know, they go down that thing and they're like, oh, you know, especially with cuckolding, oh, that looks really cool. And off to the races they go. And female domination actually can be a kink because it's not, it's not something tangible. And that can be something that they trip over as well. Oh, look, what is this? You know, never really thought about this. And then they start watching it and it resonates with them. So that's what starts pulling them in more and more and more. Financial domination is another one, um, as is chastity. Kinks are things that usually change over time, too. A man might like it this week, then move on to something else later when it gets boring. Fetishes, on the other hand, you usually can't run from. Many a man has done what I call binging and purging, where they go out and buy hundreds of dollars worth of lingerie if they're into cross-dressing, for example, only to feel guilty about it later and head to the nearest dumpster in a vain attempt to quit this shit once and for all, only to come back later and repeat the process. So now you have some background on the psychology behind your man's submission. I'm hoping maybe you can be a bit more understanding instead of jumping immediately to the, oh great, I married a fucking pervert conclusion. I am a huge proponent of getting your partner to play with you. As a retired professional dominatrix, it would make me sad when some gentlemen would come to me to express their various kinks because I knew they were struggling with leading a double life. And I could see the guilt and the shame that they harbored. And you could see it in their eyes. So it's because of seeing those men that I try really hard to get these same men not to assume, as many do, that you won't be okay with their needs. And so they just don't say anything. They don't tell you. Which brings us back to the lie. I can't tell you the millions of times I ask someone who's calling me, would your wife indulge your kink? 99% of the time they say, no way, absolutely not. But when I press them to see if they have actually asked you, very few say yes. The answer is usually, I just know she won't. Now, I'd much rather get couples to play and stay together than have the hubby have to go to an outside source for his submissive needs to be met. And now before you freak out thinking, oh, hell no, I'm not walking around dripping in leather, acting like a fool. 
That isn't what I'm going to ask you to do. Quite the contrary. What most women don't understand is that domination isn't about being harsh and nasty. Ooh, (laughs) there's that word. It's not about screaming at the top of your lungs. It's about seduction. That's it. It's about going back to when you were first, you know, going out together and you first met and you used your feminine wiles to get his attention and to attract him further, to pull him in. Nothing more. Now, I can hear guys everywhere going, Oh, wait, that's not what I want. Shh. Let me finish. No one expects you to become a professional dominatrix. Not unless later when you start to play, you might want to take things a little bit further, maybe get some proper training. And I might add, there's nothing wrong with going to a pro dom and getting some lessons in whatever it is you want to learn more of, provided she gives them. It doesn't mean you have to become a dominatrix. It just shows you want to do whatever it is your hubby is into well, and more importantly, safely, depending on what it is. Here's the thing, ladies. You were duped by your husband, yes. But you were also duped by your own programming. You see, you don't want the alpha male anyway. They're arrogant assholes who don't have a grain of self-control to keep it in their pants. You'll end up fucked over by Fabio from the cover of the romance novel. Okay, I know I'm dating myself. Look it up. Left with a couple of kids because... That's all these guys are, are seed spreaders. Think about it. In the 50s, they were called bad boys. Now they call them dogs. Doesn't matter what you call them. You know who I'm talking about. So you dodged a bullet, ladies. You got yourself a loving and caring guy who really, really wants to worship you if you let him be that vulnerable and free with his kinks. In the end, you benefit. All it takes is an open mind and a realization that your husband isn't weird or perverted. He's just a guy with some kinks who would really love the chance to play with you with them. But where do you start? Okay, simple. Number one, you start with a conversation. You ask him what his kinks and fetishes are. And gentlemen, you're going to be as honest as you can be, understanding that some will be harder to reveal to you because they are possibly more humiliating. Let those take time to come out. Number two, ladies, you're not going to freak out with whatever the list is. You're going to sit down with him and let him explain each one such as, how does it affect him? Does he remember where it came from? This is a learning process, and it's a wonderful way for you to connect with him and learn about him. We all have hidden parts of ourselves, even if we've been together for decades. This will actually bring you closer together if you do this. And number three, the two of you, Yes, I'm talking to you boys out there. You're going to sit down and you're going to pick the top two or three that you both feel comfortable exploring. 
So for those of you boys out there with a list a mile long, get over yourselves and narrow it down. She's your wife. She's not a fucking genie. And ladies, the ones that are scary, we don't tell him that you think they're fucked. You just, (laughs) I know, you can do it. Just be honest with him and tell him they scare you and that you're not ready. That's okay. Remember, we're not training you to work in a dungeon. We're just opening you up to exploring these ideas together. Nothing more. And gentlemen, I know you're salivating out there and you want all of it. I get that. But I want you to really listen to me. You have to be prepared to never having your entire list explored. You have to be okay with doing only the things she wants to do with you that she finds interesting. Got that? Every male I have ever asked the question of, and it comes up in cuckolding conversations a lot, I ask this question, okay? If your wife is only ever comfortable role-playing a cuckold scene with you, would that be okay with you? And every single time they're like dogs with tails wagging, like you can just even hear it in their voice. They're like, oh my God, yes, 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 yes. Oh, that would be epic. Yeah, that would be great. No, that would be fine. Perfectly fine. It doesn't have, you don't have to go down reality lane. That's the joy of sex toys. But you see, they want to play with you and never want you to do anything that freaks you out. And sometimes what happens is, you ready? You start to play and then you start to get into it and you're having fun. And then all of a sudden, the freakier stuff from before doesn't seem so freaky anymore because you realize that it's not the big deal you thought it was. There should never be any pressure on either spouse to do something they don't want to do or that doesn't interest them. And in the end, this is all about having fun as a couple. It's about you as his wife being able to get back in touch with that time when you were that seductive kitten that you were when you first met. Then using his kinks against him sexually. Your guy has a shoe fetish? Well, I can see some new stilettos in your future if you use your feet to seduce them out of him. Trust me, he'll love it. Want that same man to do the dishes? Walk out in those same stilettos and declare, Guess who's doing the dishes tonight? Right, baby? Get it done quick, and you can lick my heels. Now, I'd love to be able to tell you about each and every kink or fetish, but I can't. And it's not due to the sheer number of both, which is gigantic. It's because each and every person has their own unique take on that fetish. I always say I can line up a hundred guys with a foot fetish and every single one of them will be different. But once you find that unique thing about your man, you can open up some fabulously fun doors for yourself. I've done several shows called Fifty Shades of Power, just for women like you, where it takes you deeper into how to tap into your inner seductive power 
as well as some more of the common fetishes and how to play. And of course, you can always email me anytime if you have any questions. I hope you can understand a little more about why your partner enjoys what he does. Granted, this is a very oversimplified version of that psychology. But nevertheless, I'm happy to see you have an open mind and heart by considering them enough to listen in. And you never know, you might have some fun exploring it together. I'm sure he'd even love to teach you a few things about the specifics of what he likes. Whether it has been ingrained in him because of childhood traumas or snapped in place because of being in the right time at the right place, or he tripped over it online. The easiest and most fun thing you can do is learn to embrace it and have fun with it and eventually use it to your advantage. Trust me, he'll love that. I'll be right back with your questions and confessions after this. Oh my goodness, this is not the night to be caught with car trouble. These woods are no place for someone to be walking alone at night. Many drifters have simply vanished in this area. Come in, come in. I see my hospitality is kicking in. <laughs> my potions never fail. Ooh, lovely. Deeper and deeper down to the dungeon where there is no escape and no one can hear you scream. You didn't think you'd get out with your mind intact, did you? Get payback. Your mind is mine on the DrSueReview.com and give me your mind if you dare. Hello, hello. I'm back. And it's time to dive into questions, confessions, and answers to this month's question, which was, what is your dirtiest sexual fantasy? So, let's get to it, shall we? The first question today comes from Dennis. Before I get to Dennis's questions, Dennis also wrote in an instructional sort of how-to for sissies on giving their mistress a foot rub. And that was very, very good, Dennis. It was very long, very, very detailed. And thank you again for that. But what I suggest you do is to start a sissy blog and then start putting your instructions in that blog for other sissies that way. But thank you for sending that in. And I think we need to get to your questions. So here we go. In your latest show, you talked about the so-called CFNM parties. They sound very exciting and fun. 
but I do have some questions about them that I hope that you can answer perhaps in your next show. Very good. All right. Is there a femdom component to CFNM parties? Like, are the men supposed to act submissive towards the females and serve them? Yes, Dennis, that is exactly what a CFNM party is. So for those of you who haven't heard of it, it is called Clothed Female Naked Male Parties. Just honest to God, typical suburbia sort of parties. Bunch of women get together, wine and cheese kind of a thing. The cocktails are usually served by submissive males who are naked. And the women can order them around or get them to do whatever it is they want them to do. Um, sky's usually the limit, depends on the sub or if they have any hard lines. The women are not there for your personal eyeball pleasure. They wear whatever it is they want. Um, and you are there to serve them. So yes, it is very much a femdom, um, atmosphere. And yes, the men who are there who are serving are serving as submissive. Can the women there touch the men however it pleases the women? 100%. I'll tell you a tale. I'll tell you a tale. Um, yeah, okay, so hold on. Let me go through the questions first, and then I'll tell you what happened to me even back before I had trained to be a pro-dom. Um, okay, so can the women touch them? Yes, we went over that one. Are the CFNM parties just like normal parties, except for the fact that they're all men that all the men there are naked, like are Peter, people just walking around having drinks, talking and dancing? 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's exactly what it is. Um, is there some sort of dressing room where the men can hang up their clothes when they arrive at the party? I mean, do they have to be dressed? Like, in other words, do they have to come and come and go from the party naked? That's up to them. That's, or I guess to whoever is throwing the party. It's not like there's no hard and fast rule where that's concerned. It's up to you whether you want to come and go naked. I think it's kind of a risky move because if you're getting pulled over, you're getting pulled over for more than, you know, running a stop sign at that point. Um, so is there a dressing room? Yes, there is usually a bedroom whereby you can go in and get changed and, you know, put your clothes over to one side. Um, how do the men pay for the drinks during the CFNM parties? There is no pay for drinks. This is in people's homes. So usually if there is a budget, um, one of the slaves is going to be paying for that. Or if they want to, they can, you know, divvy in together, but it's usually the slaves that pay for everything, including any of the food that's served, things like that. Um, how do the men pay for the drinks during the CFNM parties? I mean, when are they naked? When they're naked, they can't carry cash or their visa card. Well, obviously, this is not going on in a restaurant. <laughs> it's not going on in the club. This is going on in, you know, private homes. So, no, there is no one standing there with a visa machine. I, I certainly have never been to one that did that. So, no, it's you. It's something that you are told you have to pay prior to so that you are paying for the party. So how you get that to that person is up to you. Okay, and are people actually having sex at those CFNM parties? Absolutely not. That is not what they are. These are not swing parties. This is not everyone piling on and having an orgy. No, this is literally a party where there is nothing but 
men who... Now, I shouldn't say there's no sex going on. That's not fair. I was just thinking of that. Okay. Sometimes you can be ordered to have sex with one of the other slaves. I've seen that go on. And yes, there is a sexual component to it. But no one there, because it's all women, no one there is, you know, having sex with the slave in any way. You guys are the entertainment. You are. So if it's like, you know, go suck him. I want to watch you. And then she just goes back to drinking her wine. It, that's the sort of thing that goes on. Then you have, you know, in the meantime, you're having them as wait staff. So you're getting them to put out the food and they're, you know, delivering the drinks and stuff like that. So that's what it's like. It's not, you know, some mass orgy thing. It's just submissive males essentially being humiliated because it's also very indifferent because no one really cares about them because they're just like, they're, they're the, it's like the organ grinder and the monkey, literally. It's just like, okay, dance for us, monkey. I don't know, whatever a woman wants you to do. So I will tell you a story. Way, way back before I was training to be a professional dom, um, I went to a party and this gentleman was an entertainer. And that was back when I was a operator for a um, answering service. Sorry, answering service. And you get to know your clients and stuff way before everything was on. You know, nothing was recorded. This is when people who had money and people who were in the entertainment industry needed live people to take their messages because it wouldn't have looked good back then if everything was done you know, through an answering service, which is, it's still tacky to do that when you get to a certain level, but you know, anyways. So you meet a lot of people is my point. Got invited to a party, um, downtown Toronto. And it was with this gentleman in the entertainment industry. <laughs> I didn't know that it was a CFNM party. What he actually told us, now it was me and probably about seven or eight friends of mine who we all worked together. So we all knew each other. We all knew this guy. So <laughs> we get there and we weren't expecting this. When you're not expecting it, you're kind of like, well, this is going to be an interesting <laughs> evening. Mm -hmm. Okay, then. So this one did, again, have that sexual component to it. Um, this was before I, you know, even knew these things existed. I don't even think back then they did. They didn't have a you know, their own little acronym. That's for damn sure. This was just some one-off. He said what he was doing was he was seeing what kind of an entertainer this guy could be. <laughs> but <laughs> he's running around in a pair of pantyhose. And then at some point, one of the girls took a, um, I don't know, it wasn't a tie, but... I don't know, some kind of belt-esque thing. It was flexible, obviously. Ties it to his dick and starts leading him around the house like an animal. Um, and that's super common, that kind of shit. So um, some of the girls had drinks, so they would have, they put his dick in their drink to stir it. I made sure that I was drinking a can of beer <laughs> for that reason. <laughs> so I was like... Yeah, no, 
<laughs> you're not sticking that fucking thing in my drink. Not going to fucking happen. Not even if it's straight bourbon and it's like essentially, you know, sterilizing you. <laughs> no. But if you can get your dick, I even said this to him, if you can get your dick in that hole, I will, I will allow you to swirl it around in my beer. And he just kind of went, <laughs> very funny. <laughs> Walked away. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no. But that was the kind of shit that was going on. So it was just like goofy entertainment. Everybody's getting drunk. You know, there's, um, like, it, it's literally just a party with a bunch of rowdy women. Some, pl- although I will say some of the parties are very low key and are very, um, almost tea party-esque. Depends on what you want to do for the party, and that's up to whoever's throwing it. So, sky's the limit. But that's what it is. And no, it's not a fuck fest. So there you go. Okay, let's see. Okay. Ooh, this next one is a confession from Dwayne. So you know it's going to be a behind-the-scenes of a touring rock band confession. This should be juicy. When my band was touring, our manager, with my blessings, would use me to negotiate better deals for arenas and halls that we'd play. You whore. The owners would either be women, or the wives of the owners would use me sexually, and we had some messed up fun times. It was during these interludes that I found out what gum jobs and pegging were. They would invite friends, and many times orgies would spontaneously erupt. It was during this time I realized, in the right setting, that I was bi- that I was at least bi-curious. Groupies seemed tame compared to these cougars. I would take souvenirs of these encounters, you filthy pervert. Owners, wives, and groupies by exchanging a shirt of mine for a blouse of theirs. Oh, what a great way to get a wardrobe. And yes, I would wear them later. Cal surprise. I may or may not have seen, touched, fucked, or been fucked by some celebrities of the time at these orgies. Ooh. Since I'm confessing, I also had some nasty sex with my manager's wife, in which my role flip-flopped, and the manager watched and occasionally joined in. Viva la orgies and viva la gum jobs. Okay, Duane, we're going to have to go round and round. On behalf of both myself and my listeners, seriously? You can't not tell us about the pegging and the gum jobs. Seriously? You, like, dropped a nugget and leave us all hanging. I want part two next time. Seriously? We want to be updated on this. This was like a trailer. We want to hear the story behind the trailer. So, come on. Details, details, details. Lord. Well, next I have a question here from the lovely Butterball Girl. And Butterball writes, 
If in an FLR, and for those of you who don't know that, that's female-led relationship. If in a female-led relationship, is it fair to ask to be fucked by the bull too? To actually seek out a bull that would fuck her first and finish with a sissy? Or is that selfish? Well, the whole basis, b-ball, is this. But, uh, if it's a female-led relationship, that means it's up to her, right? So, is it okay for you to go to that lovely lady and have a request? It's, of course it's okay. I'm assuming this is a relationship. This isn't some, you know, online dom-sub thing. Yes, if this is a relationship, of course you can go to her and you can say, you know, I think it would be kind of cool if we found a guy that would do both of us. See what she says. Worst she can say is no, right? But no, I don't think it's too selfish. And actually, it's common, so... Not so I'm like I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. There you go. Because most alpha males don't care. They'll just fuck to fuck. They don't give a shit. They love degrading you guys. So yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with you asking for that at all. I don't think it's selfish at all. I think it's just something that you want to experience. And why wouldn't you? You're sitting there wondering, oh God. So yeah, I would, I would, I would definitely ask. So if you get punished, you can, you know, you can tell her I sent you or something. I don't know. I don't want you to get punished, but I don't think that it's an unreasonable request. Okie dokie. Let's see. I have, ooh, this one is a confession. It came in as a question, but you'll see what I mean. And it's from Shelley. And Shelley writes, by hedonistic male, was with men before the age of 19, hidden my effeminate ways since, but always there. My marriage lasted not seven years, but I'm closer with her family than my own. I've always had a special attachment with her father, and during my move away from our city, he spent much time helping me. I am submissive and have a difficult time sharing my feelings. I know I shouldn't act on them, but I've, but it's been over 12 years since the divorce. I still fantasize about thanking daddy physically, but he's still married and I'd not want to hurt that. I think that's a really good idea. Um, that would be a huge risk to take. You can take it, but. I don't know as I would. So let's move on here to our next question. What if your significant other wants nothing to do with your kinks? They don't want to hear about them, think about them, or participate in them in any way. Absolutely brilliant question for this show. I'll tell you what happens. Well, you do nothing. You cannot make someone do something against their will. You cannot make someone 
be as enthusiastic and into what it is you're into. You can't force this in any way and expect it to come out okay. So anytime your SO, your partner, your partner in crime, your significant other doesn't want to do something, you have to respect that and say, okie dokie, and not do it. Now, you can sit there and go, okay, well, wait a minute, that's really one-sided. Well, here's the problem. You are with this person, I'm assuming, because you have a lovely relationship. My guess would be, as I was speaking earlier, you probably hid these kinks until you were well-established within the relationship, and then she went, what the sweet fuck-a-doodly-doo-doo is this? You know, what the cock a is this? So... <laughs> We can't blame her for that reaction in that case. The long and the short of it is, no matter what, you can't make someone do something that they're not into. And why would you want to? It's no fun. You don't want to make someone do something that they don't want to do. Ugh. You know, there's no fun in that. Okay, from a BDSM standpoint, put that to one side. I'm just saying for the most part, if you are in a relationship, you don't want, it's like, you know, do you want to fuck someone who's really not into it? Well, that's so much fun. Not. So there's just so many levels where it just doesn't work. So you let it go. Now, not leaving you hanging. This is where you have to make a decision. Is this a line in the sand for you in this relationship? Knowing that she is not going to change, nor does she have to. Knowing that you do not have to change either. You just have to decide what's more important. Are the kinks important enough that you want to move forward with someone else who may be more accepting? Or is the relationship enough that you're willing to take your kinks and toss them out the window and never use them again? Or, okay, I have to throw another one out. Or... Um, going and seeing a professional dominatrix behind her back, which I hate it when people have to do that, as you heard. So it's a toughie. It still comes back to you, though. You have to decide where your line in the sand is because nobody has to change for you or me or anyone else. Ah, Superman sent us in a confession. My confession is that I have become so mind-fucked by my domain that I have reached a point where I can't stop jerking to her boyfriend's souls since she posted a picture of them. I have always hated men's feet. But because of my brain being fried by mistress, I am uncontrollably aroused by the image of her boyfriend's souls. Ooh. Do you want to know what would make that even better? If her boyfriend was submissive. Nothing worse than being a submissive to a submissive. An omega to a beta. Ooh, how low can you go? 
<laughs> and I have an answer to this month's question. What is your dirtiest fantasy? And I never say who these ones are because I just think it's better to be a mystery. My dirtiest fantasy. I wake up tied to a chair. I can only move my head. The room is dark except for a light above me. But I can't see past that ring of light. I hear bare feet on concrete coming towards me. First one set of feet, and then more, many more. First one man, and then others, all nude and erect, make their way to where I am. I am made to suck their cocks one after another. After sucking around Twenty turgid members. They all surround me, and after furiously masturbating, one by one, come on my face. Load after sticky load, until my face is covered. My mouth is full of spunk, and my eyes are glazed shut. I feel myself being untied and my body lifted up by several strong men. I am taken away, and I know that it won't be long until my ass will be the destination of all of these men's hard cocks. I can't wait. Ooh, very nice. The next question comes from Carl. And Carl writes, Dr. Sue has previously talked about how important it is for men to use chastity to shift the focus to their women. I, who do not have a woman, should I still use the chastity device regularly or should there be a woman in the loop? Carl, doesn't matter. There are many, many men who use chastity on their own because they don't have a woman in their life or they don't have anyone to control it. They still do it themselves because it helps them focus on other things. For example, you know, business deadlines, things like that. So yes, you can most definitely do it yourself. Um, obviously, it's more fun if you have a woman involved and she's the one that's taking the control because it does lose an element when you're doing it yourself. But if you're doing it just for the sake of focus, then no, there's nothing wrong with it. Just hop in it and do your thing on your own. And lastly, I have had several questions and comments most of whom I believe are from the same person or maybe a couple of people. All on the topic of race play, nine at the last count, I believe there's more than that now. And um, first of all, it's, it's obvious that this has gotten to a point of ridiculousness with these emails. However, they bring up viable points that I think need to be discussed and it's totally cool and I think we should discuss them. But that said, 
you know, I, I'm just letting you know that I, I think it's just one person that's doing this. Anyways, um, several of these emails were done trying to out other artists for behavior that the commenter found to be racist. Before I go any further, I want you to understand that this show is not about outing anyone, so that's not going to happen. Secondly, as far as the topic of race and race play is concerned, I would ask you to listen to the shows that I have done on this subject with Mia Dark, Master Blackrod, and Naima. We have gone over everything that is upsetting you, and you can get a much deeper explanation and that I'm going to give you here right now. You can very easily just go to inbedwithdrsue.com, click on the archives, and scroll till you see race play, and there you will find those shows. And I think actually you'll find them very educating. Um, and I also think part of the sudden influx was from an article I wrote on the review called Second Thoughts. Nevertheless, they are valid questions and comments, and they deserve to be heard. Now, since a lot of them pretty much said the same thing, I've kind of squished them down, I've compressed them, if you will, into subject-ish. Okay, so let's start off with this one. How is the Queen of Spades lifestyle not racist? The answer to that is, it is. Is there any way to stop this Queen of Spades fetish? Absolutely not. Is there anything you can do or can you get other people in the sex industry to stop this fetish? No, I can't, you can't, nobody can, okay? So, backing that up a little bit, so I will explain, if you will. Anything that uses the spade symbol is racist. There is no difference between a spade symbol and a swastika when you get into symbology and hate. You can argue with me that the spade was never originally done that way. Okay, I get that. Neither was the swastika. Okay, go back even further. Doesn't matter at this point. They are used in a racist manner. If it makes it even worse when this is used on a white female. It's disgusting and it's racist as hell. So, because you are queen of nothing, honey. Sorry, you're not above. You're not above these guys. All you're doing is putting them under you. You can't. Can you not see that you are putting yourself above black men? Bullshit. You're not above black men. So this queen of spades is bullshit. Whatever. Again, these are my opinions. You can, you know, tell me to piss up a rope. It's fine by me. Why is cuckolding always seen as interracial? The porn industry always makes videos about making Asian, Hispanic, and white men look weak compared to black men. This fetish that they show in porn is racist. Um, why is cuckold and chastity lifestyle racist? Some people in this lifestyle are humiliating their partners by their race. Even in porn, it's become something popular to make porn where someone is humiliated by their race. You're never going to not have race in sex. It's never going to not be there. 
let me back this up a bit. Hold on, hold on. Now, I actually, what I want to do is finish them all because they're all kind of within the same thing anyways. How is race play not racist? How is any kink that degrades or humiliates an Asian, Black, Hispanic, or white person based on their race not racist? Even in a kink, no one should humiliate someone's race. Do you think that people who have a fetish based on someone's race is racist? I'm seeing Asian women, Latina women, and white women humiliating their own men, and it's sick. Um, how is having a race fetish not racist? I'm seeing a lot of people involved in a kink or lifestyle that it that likes humiliating their own race. For example, there are Asian women that are humiliating Asian men and making fun of their bodies while uplifting black men. Kinks like these need to stop. Okay. So it's easier for me to kind of put it all into one thing. And like I said, you don't have to listen to me. Educate yourself. And by all means, listen to those shows. Okay? It's really easy to find them. What you guys, first of all, when you're doing, when you're looking at something this way, the first thing that you need to do is you need to pull back from the emotion. Okay? I understand why people are starting to question their lifestyles. They are questioning their choices, and I think it's good. I think you really should sit down and question your choices and make sure that they aren't, you know, leaning a little bit left here or a little bit right or a little bit, you know, whatever you want to call it, where you might be doing this for a less than stellar reason. Okay. That said, you are never going to remove race from sex in any way, shape or form because it is a genuine kink. It is genuinely out there. Now, when you guys see someone being humiliated, it may piss you off, make you angry, make you, you know, like, what, you know, this is fucking bullshit. But what you're doing in that moment is you are judging someone else's kink. This isn't about one race against another race per se. This is about a genuine kink that people have that maybe some of them don't want to have it, but it's there. So when someone starts coming in and saying, well, this is, this is racist, this should be allowed, but this shouldn't. Number one, who are you to say that? Number two, who are you to be shaming the people who do enjoy this? Because these are, you're not grasping the fact that it's not just this overt racism thing. You're talking about someone who genuinely feels erotically charged by being humiliated about their race. Is that right or is that wrong? That's not for you to judge. That's their issue. And the fact that there is so much porn out there should tell you how much this is permeated society. Whether you or I think it's right or wrong doesn't matter a hill of fucking beans. It doesn't. Because these are genuine kinks that these people have. You have no right to turn around and say, well, this person can enjoy this, but this person can't enjoy that. They're not hurting anybody. And I get it. I understand. I still have a little tiny bit in me that feels that it in some ways perpetuates an issue that we really need to eradicate. But... You're not going to be able to do that. And I think that's what I really want you to understand. 
you're taking this on as this, you know, quest for fire thing. It's been taken on by much bigger, better people than you, my dear. And yes, there has been some progress made with it, but you're not going to eradicate it. It's not going to happen. You're, you're fighting something that just isn't going to go away because it's an innate part of who these people are. They may want to run from it, but then if you're going to, if you're going to turn around from and, and start judging, then, okay, what about small penis humiliation? Shouldn't we get rid of that? And what about, you know, what about someone who likes to be humiliated because he's wearing women's clothing? Well, you know, should get rid of that too. And what about, you know, humiliation of cock sucking? Well, better get rid of that too. Come on, man. You got to think a little bit more outside of the box because as cliche as this may sound, it's not a pun. Nothing in sex is black and white. It's just not. It never has been. I actually, um, if you want to, when I said like, listen to those shows, I mean, don't listen to me. Don't listen to my, you know, pale ass. What the fuck do I know? Don't have a problem. Don't hear it from me. That's why I had other people of color discuss it other than me. So listen away, educate yourself. Don't be so quick to annihilate somebody's kink because you don't agree with it. You know, no one's dragging these people and and doing this out in the open. Again, this is behind closed doors. I get it that it's in the porn. Again, once you're in the porn mainstream, you're screwed. So just don't worry about it. Do you want to know what the best thing you can do? If something's really bothering you, pull your focus from it and turn your focus, turn that passion into the stuff that you enjoy. So if you are part of this adult community, if you are a performer, because I don't know if you are or not, my suggestion would be to pour yourself into the genres that you enjoy providing content for and those niches and those things that you enjoy providing. And don't worry about what someone else is doing because you also have no right to say how someone else makes their money. Because if there's if they're putting content out, there's a market for it. It's like, I don't like this whole surge in pedophilia. It's pedophilia. Call it what you want. It's pedophilia. Does it help? No. Can I fix it? No. It's too far gone. So I'm not going to spend the rest of my days with my fucking panties up my ass freaking out about something that, yes, I would love to eradicate because in my personal opinion, my, you know, my educated opinion, it perpetuates this shit. But you're not going to stop it. So stop beating your head against a wall and concentrate on stuff that you can fix. Concentrate on yourself. Pull your focus away from the stuff that is pissing you off. So that's all I got for you, man. But there's a ton of stuff you can educate yourself with. I want to thank you all for listening in once again, and especially to everyone who took the time to write in your questions and confessions. You guys are amazing. And keep those questions and confessions coming in. If you have any questions for me and you want to have it private, you can reach me at either inbedwithdrsue.com 
or the DrSueReview.com and just click on contact and send me your questions. And if you don't want it revealed on the show, just tell me that you want it private. Until next time, remember, <laughs> Halloween is coming. You've been warned. So be kind to one another, wear a mask, and stay the fuck away from me. But most of all, be sure to be happy. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.